please be aware that True Crime by the Book may discuss topics, share opinions, and use language that could be disturbing or offensive to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Tidings and salutations, bibliophages. Thank you for joining me on True Crime by the Book, where every other Tuesday we meet up to talk real crime, one page at a time. I'm your host, Tasha Pierce, and if you'd like to give the, the podcast a hand, please head over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts or anywhere and drop a review. I would certainly appreciate it. And I say every week, there's more than one type of crime. Well, today, my main source of reference was my friend Anna, the true story of a fake heiress by Rachel Deloach Williams. I listened to the audiobook, which was narrated by Williams. So let's get that audible author page bio from Ms. Williams, shall we? Rachel Deloach Williams was born and raised in Knoxville, Tennessee, and is a graduate of Kenyon College. In 2010, she moved to New York City and landed her dream job in the photo department of Vanity Fair where she helped produce photo shoots, including those for the annual Hollywood and new establishment issues, and worked with the magazine's leading photographers and iconic subjects. My Friend Anna is her first book. And what a first book it is. I think it was a good idea for Williams to deliver her story in her voice. But Rachel, girl, I got questions. And before we get to the reasons I find this story to be absolutely batshit, let's see what Goodreads tells us about the book. Sex in the City meets Catch Me If You Can and the astonishing true story of Anna Delvey, a young con artist posing as a German heiress in New York City, as told by the former Vanity Fair photo editor who got seduced by her friendship and then scammed out of more than $62,000. So what problems can I have with this tale of a young woman who scammed New York? Well, first and foremost, how does this thing happen? I mean, seriously, in the age of Google and social media and the need for receipts to prove anything, how does a person pose as an heiress for over a year and not be called to the carpet? I mean, this girl had homemade bank documents homemade and well I guess the first thing she had going for her was being white and I know it's a little early in the story for me to be pulling the race card but come on if I suddenly showed up in Atlanta saying I was an heir to the Wakandan throne don't you think at least one person would have dropped my name into Google and I think that person would have to have at least 10 years of receipts from me before I'd be able to get credit at IHOP. But somehow, Anna was able to secure a $100,000 loan on the basis that she had money in another country. Now, I know that in New York, one has to create their own opportunities, but this borders on ridiculous. And she had this big dream of getting $22 million to start the Anna Delvey Foundation. She actually had the plans for this foundation being carried out in the most skeptical city in the U.S. 
She scammed a bank out of $100,000 with the limited life experience of a 28-year-old. Girl's brain just finished forming completely. And here she scammed one of the most skeptical cities in the U.S. out of $100,000. Now see, banks would be requesting my mother's maiden name for $1,000. This girl got 100 times that with a fake identity. Right. See, her real name is Anna Sorokin. She, she earned about 400 euros a month working and interning at Purple Magazine, which I have never even freaking heard of. Um, her mom was a homemaker and her dad worked as a trucker. She was born in Russia and moved to Germany as a teen. So she wound up in New York after visiting and falling in lust with the place. But she looked the part. She dressed the part. But most of all, she acted entitled. That's the second thing she really had going for. Her. She acted as if she were better, more more privileged than everyone around her. So that really sold the act. And I know I'm pushing this, but that's what Rachel hammered home in this book. She was the object of Anna's generosity and friendship, but she noted that Anna was a pretty shitty human being. She was selfish and snobbish, but those in her circle made excuses for her shitty behavior. She tossed around money like it was Kleenex because she didn't have to earn it. And as long as she was footing the bill, everyone ignored her trash behavior. And Rachel was the closest thing to a friend that Anna had. So as long as she had the money she scammed from the bank, she pampered Rachel with some of the finer things. Now, Rachel wasn't a starving college student either. She made a decent living for herself at Vanity Fair. She didn't need Anna's money, but she did benefit from the friendship. So Anna was playing a role and Rachel was not only a prop, but she was also in the dark. Then parts of me wonder if she wanted to be in the dark. And I guess... I'm the type of person who drops names of characters from movies, uh, subjects of podcasts, guys I've dated in the search engines all the time. I just want to know. So if someone presented themselves as an heiress to me, I picture myself excusing myself from the table and Googling them in the bathroom. I can't help it. But for whatever reason, nobody thought to use the supercomputer in their pocket to do this. So Anna went on fooling the masses. She was staying at the best hotels, eating at the top restaurants. When I say she popped bottles in some of the finest establishments and rubbed shoulders with some powerful people, I really mean it. She would drop a name or be seen in the presence of an old money type and their privilege would just transfer over to her. And that's not some shit I can dream of getting away with. I could show up to a basketball court with Kobe Bryant and LeBron James and still have to prove that I could play. But not Anna. Anna was taking helicopters instead of Ubers and renting private jets. All while playing a shell game with $100,000. And when you get this close to a scammer, eventually you become the scammed. I don't make the rules, I just live by them. So forgive me if I sound like I don't give a fuck. 
I mean, I really think, I really think Anna is a horrible person to do this to her friend. But yep, Rachel was the closest thing to Anna and scammer gonna scam. So Anna woke up one day and decided she needed to film a documentary in Morocco. Now, that don't even sound like regular shit. You know, I think I'm going to film a documentary in Morocco. So she got her little clique together and invited them along, including Rachel. And they all was going to roll with her to Morocco. It was going to be her treat. So after some planning, it was time to purchase the tickets. Unfortunately, there was a problem with Anna's credit card. Now, to me, that would have been the end of the trip. Like you said, your treat. I can't afford this shit. So I guess we'll be hanging out in New York instead of Morocco. But Anna asked Rachel to put the flights on her card. And Rachel did. Now, of course, Anna did promise to pay her back as soon as she got this credit card situation straight with her bank. But one thing my mom and daddy always told me, and I'm pretty sure your parents or someone told you, do not loan out any money that you cannot bear to be without. If it's going to put you in a bind, you don't loan it out. But uh, off they go to Morocco. <laughs> they check in and start the vacation shenanigans. And But Anna starts her antisocial behavior shit and kind of bullies Rachel into getting in the pool. Now, Rachel got a real attitude about that. Because this was the first time Anna singled her out with her privilege act and being on the receiving end of this BS wasn't fun. So later in the trip, they were thoroughly embarrassed when the group went on a tour and Anna's card was declined. Rachel had to save the day again. Finally, they returned to the hotel where management is pressing them for payment. Rachel once again supplied her card, but this time they told her they were not going to charge her card. They were just going to put a temporary hold on it. Well, vacation is over and everybody goes back home and regular life is resumed. Rachel gets her credit card statement and saw that $62,000 had been charged to her account. Which $62,000, I would have to work about three years to see that. So there is no way, no way I could see myself, even if I tried to spend $62,000 in one vacation trip, but it was a small group. They did go out of the country. They did stay at high-end hotels and did high-end tours. So $62,000 sounds about right. Well, Rachel created an invoice for the costs and sent it to Anna. Now, Anna thanked her and said, uh, her bank is going to be wiring the money, except it didn't. And so started the back and forth between Anna and Rachel for months. It'll be here tomorrow, next week, next week, tomorrow. This went on for literal months. Every day, Rachel is getting sicker and sicker because her credit score is plummeting and Anna is offering excuse after bullshit excuse. Now, the thing about scams is at some point the jig is up. The piper is looking to get paid and Anna had enough pipers to form her own personal orchestra. 
And here is where I'm further confused by the law as it pertains to financial crimes like this. Let's say I've got a friend named Anna. Anna asked me to give her a ride to the bank. And without my knowledge, she robs the bank. She gets back in the car and I start driving. We're pulled over. The police find the money from the bank on Anna. Anna is going to jail. But guess who else is going? That's right. I'm going to jail too. So hopefully I get a great attorney who could keep me out of prison. But I'm definitely getting locked up. So, in the case of Rachel versus Anna, why doesn't this apply? I mean, this group of friends benefited from Anna's crimes, whether they knew she was a criminal or not. Why are they not all on the hook for the bill? I know a person back home in Indiana who was being scammed by a guy that she met online. And I mean, it was a big, nasty, ridiculous, one of those romance scams. But she became the middleman in a huge scheme that involved moving money all over the world. And guess where she wound up? Prison. That's where. And she was being scammed. Now, I argue that anything Anna gave them was fruit of the poisonous tree. And everyone who personally benefited from that fruit is responsible. That was not how the law sees it, though. So Anna was going to be prosecuted for her crimes. And zero fucks were given by Anna. She she really, she gave no fucks. And at the end of it all, she was convicted on several counts, including grand larceny, second degree larceny, and theft of service. But not for Rachel's ridiculous credit card bill. So Anna is currently serving 4 to 12 years after a trial that was more like a damn fashion show. There was even an Instagram page devoted to her trial looks. And she hasn't been a model prisoner either. This child got into fights and just like she did her whole stay in New York, she marches to the beat of her own drummer. Of course, when you do this in Rikers, they put you in solitary confinement. But I guess that will give Anna time to work on the two books she says she's writing. One about her scams and the other about her prison experience. So she'll very likely be deported once her sentence is up. But we will hear more from Anna in her next chapter. Uh, Netflix currently has the rights to her story. And a series based upon her escapades is being created by none other than Shonda Rhimes. You'll know Shonda from Grey's Anatomy and Scandal. She's kind of a big deal. And and I know, I know that I left you hanging about Rachel and her financial difficulties. But the good news is that after much badgering of the credit card company, her debt was forgiven. Sounds about white. Now, if you can't tell, I'm astonished by this story. Just all of it. I'm at an absolute loss for words because none of this seems real. Uh, But it is. It's real. Read the book, My Friend Anna, and let me know if I'm being an asshole about all of this. I'll leave a link to the book in the show notes. Uh, Yeah, this is really beyond my level of experience in the world. Possibly because I'm black, 
but mostly because I'm poor. And speaking of poor, if you'd like to help the show, I now have a Patreon at patreon.com slash TC by TB. You can also find a link in the show notes to my Red Circle Creator page where you can leave one-time donations. I'm TC by TB on all the things now, so follow me on social media. And you can send me a good old-fashioned email at tcbytb at gmail.com. Now please, please, please rate and review the podcast and share it with a friend. I love you all so much for listening and I just want to share the love with others. And also I'm coming back next week with my alter ego segment, which I've renamed More Than a Movie. I think I like that better than What's Up Docs, but More Than a Movie. And I'm going to discuss Growing Up Butterfuko, which is like a recent episode of 2020. If you'd like to watch, the episode is available on Hulu. And of course, it deals with the aftermath of the case of the Long Island Lolita. And if you don't know what that is, you have homework. So meet me back here for more than a movie on TC by TB. And with that, thank you for listening. Later, bookworms.